Hello and welcome to the podcast of Chesbro Baptist Church. We've been going through a Sunday morning series on the subject of wisdom. And don't know how many more weeks we got left in wisdom, but like I told the church this morning, as long as the Lord keeps leading, we'll keep teaching on wisdom. The title of the message this morning is Growing in Wisdom. Please enjoy. going through a series on wisdom. I've enjoyed it so far. I honestly don't know how many more weeks we're going to do it. You know, as long as the Lord keeps leading me in this direction, it's the direction we're going to go in. And so um, I'm having a good time studying about the subject of wisdom. And so we'll do it as long as the Lord tells us to. Uh, Proverbs chapter two, if you have your places in Proverbs, go ahead and stand to your feet. Respect and reverence to the word of God. We're going to begin reading in verse number 1, and we're going to read down to verse number 11, Proverbs chapter 2. My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom and apply thy heart to understanding. Yea, if thou criest after knowledge and liftest up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver, and searches for her as for hid treasures. Then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord, and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord giveth wisdom, out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walk uprightly. He keepeth the path of judgment, and preserveth the way of his saints." Then shalt thou understand righteousness and judgment and equity, yea, every good path. When wisdom entereth into thine heart, and knowledge is pleasant unto thy soul. Discretion shall preserve thee, understanding shall keep thee. The title of the message this morning is Growing in Wisdom. Growing in Wisdom. Let's pray. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, once again, we bow our heads and close our eyes and come before you today. Well, we're about to receive the word of God from your Bible. And Lord, I pray that you just be with our hearts to receive, make our hearts soft, to receive your word and gain your wisdom today. Be with our preaching service. May it glorify, lift up your name. For as it's in Jesus Christ's precious name, I pray. Amen. You may be seated. Who in here, your parent, ever told you to do something and it didn't seem right to you? To you, it it didn't make a lot of sense. Didn't make a lot of sense for them to tell you to do this. And so you're thinking about it and you go to your parents after they tell you to do something and you ask them why. And that's when you get hit with it. You get hit with the answer that's encoded into the DNA of every parent. It's something that my parents said to me. Unfortunately, it's something I've said to my own kids when they ask why. You go up to your parent, you ask why, and the parents hit you with the dreaded, because I said so. There's probably not another more frustrating answer you can give a kid than because I said so. Why? Because I said so. You can't beat it. It's like a parent's trump card. What are you going to do? And so we look in the book of Proverbs and chapter after chapter after chapter, 
God is telling us how good wisdom is and how great wisdom is and how valuable wisdom is and how much worth wisdom has. And we get excited about it and we want it and we want the wisdom. And so, you know, and then we come to a verse like Proverbs 4, 7, where it says wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. Basically, that's saying if you want wisdom, get get wisdom. Why get wisdom? Because I told you to get wisdom. That's why you get wisdom. And while that response, we want to grow wisdom and gain in wisdom. And while that response may seem frustrating and like it did in response, it really isn't. If you look at chapter 2 and you look down at verse number 10, the first phrase of that verse, when wisdom entereth into thine heart. Hold the phone a second. That's what we want. That right there is what we want. We want to gain in wisdom. We want to grow in wisdom. We want wisdom to enter our heart. That's what we want out of this thing. We've heard about how valuable wisdom is, how great wisdom is. Now we're to the point where I want wisdom to come into my heart. I want to grow in wisdom. I want to gain in wisdom. So everything he said before this tells you how to do that. It tells you how to get wisdom to come into your heart, how to grow in wisdom, how to gain in wisdom. So the passage we're going to go through this morning, basically it's making three statements. These three statements are steps that must be taken in order for us to grow in wisdom. Let me give you statement number one. You want to grow in wisdom? You want to gain in wisdom? Step number one, go hard after God. Go hard after God. Let's read the first four verses of chapter 2 again. My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom and apply thine heart to understanding. Yea, if thou criest after knowledge and liftest up thy voice for understanding. If thou seek her as silver and searchest for her as for hid treasures. If you want God's wisdom... You have to go hard after God. I mean, after all, no one can say Jesus didn't go hard after us. That's what Jesus did. Jesus went hard after us. Jesus was in heaven. He left his throne on heaven. He was born of a virgin. He lived a sinless but human life. He died and suffered on a cross. No one can say that Jesus didn't go hard after us. And if Jesus went hard after us, we have to go hard after him because that's the only way to get wisdom. Jesus gave us everything he had. We got to return the favor. So seeking wisdom is essentially essentially seeking a relationship with Jesus Christ. People don't grow in wisdom because they don't seek hard, they don't seek God hard enough. That's why they don't grow in wisdom. Seeking God is it's not a top priority, it's a hobby. It's something we do on the side. It's something we do one day a week, and you're not going to gain wisdom if you don't go hard after God. A child wants to learn to ride a bike. A child isn't going to learn how to ride a bike by reading a a book. He can read a book and he can understand all the mechanics and he can understand all the physics of it, but that's not going to help him learn how to ride a bike. The only way he's going to learn how to ride a bike is if he gets a few skint knees. If he gets out there and he practices, it takes skill, and skill takes practice, and it takes risk. You've got to get out there and you've got to do. There is a cost 
involved with gaining wisdom. God's wisdom is not just on the surface for us to go and pick up at our leisure. You have to mine for God's wisdom. You have to search for God's wisdom. And in the first four verses of this chapter 2, it tells us how to go hard after God. Number one is in uh, the first way you go hard after God is in verse 1 of chapter 2. It says, My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee. You want to go hard after God? Number one, we have to hide his word with us. We have to hide his word with us. Let's think about why we would hide something. I know one thing that, that I would, uh, that, that uh, think about why would I hide something? Well, I would hide something if I wanted to keep it private. For instance, let's say my wife writes me a love letter. She, puts a, she writes a little love letter. She puts a little hearts over the eyes and she puts it in an envelope and she puts it on my desk and I go on my desk and I see my love letter and I, I read it. And then I take it and I put it in my pocket so I can put it in a special place later and I can put it with the rest of the love letters that my wife has given me. Uh, you know what I'm not going to do with the love letter? Brother Marcus, my wife wrote me a love letter. You won't believe what's in here, man. Let, I'm going to read it to you. That's one thing I'm not going to do. Why? Because what's that? Negative. Negative. Uh, that's one thing that, that I'm, I'm not going to do because you know what? Some things are just private. You say, well, Brother Brett, I thought that we're supposed to share the word. Well, we are. But you know what else God wants? God wants that private time. God wants that intimate time. God wants that time where it's just you and him. He wants that. He desires that. He needs that. I used to watch the Duggars. Of course, they had 19 kids and counting. And one of the things that I always admired about Jim, Bob, and Michelle is they had these 19 kids, but yet, and they were very busy, yet they found time to spend alone time with each child. They found time to find uh, time, they etched out time to spend alone time with every single one of their children, you know, and I admired that. God wants that intimate time with you. God wants that, that alone time with us. And, and uh, the Bible, when it's Bible time, it's time just between you, just, but just between him. Whether it's reading the Bible, whether it's studying the Bible, whether it's memorizing your favorite passages, the word of God is God's love letter to you. It's God's love letter to me. And if we want to grow in wisdom, we cannot neglect spending time with this book every day. You know what will happen? You know what will happen when you spend time with this book every day? You're going to get to the place where another Christian or maybe even a lost person is going to ask you a question about Christianity, ask you a question at the Bible, and you're going to know the answer. You might even be able to quote the verse. At the very least, you'll know what book and chapter it's in. Well, look what happened. You just got wiser. You just got wisdom. D.L. Moody was given a Bible by his mother and the leaflet of the Bible was inscribed Matthew 6.33 Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. 
And then underneath that, she inscribed the warning in the book. And she wrote to her son, she wrote, this book will keep you from sin and sin will keep you from this book. Let me tell you something. You know what? Even the chapter of Proverbs 2. Did you know the whole chapter of Proverbs 2 was written so that it would be memorized? The first letter of every one of the 22 verses begins with one of the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet. Proverbs chapter 2 was written in order to be memorized. You want to go hard after God? You want to gain wisdom? You have to saturate yourself with the Word of God. Number two, a second way you go hard after, after God is you've got to watch what you hear. Let's read verse number two. So that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom and apply thine heart to understanding. So incline uh, one's ear to wisdom and apply one's heart to understanding. These are parallel terms. And uh, the first speaks of paying attention. While the second one speaks of turning your heart into the direction of understanding. Someone who is, someone who is, uh, someone who is being changed by instruction is alert and attentive to the instruction that they're receiving. Whether that's preaching, whether that's teaching, whether that's a movie with a Bible lesson, um, we need more wisdom. But remember the flip side of the coin. The flip side to the wisdom coin is foolishness. So if we need more wisdom, we need less foolishness. You know, and foolishness can come in many different forms. So how can we tell the difference? How can we tell the difference between wisdom and foolishness? How can you tell the difference between the two? It's this little thing the Bible calls discretion. Discretion can help you know the difference. Let's take the merchant in Matthew 13, 4 and 5. This merchant was looking for good pearls. Okay, he was a businessman. He was in business for himself. He had been around pearls a long time. So because he had been around pearls a long time, he gained the ability to discern good pearls from bad pearls. He gained the ability to rank the worth of pearls. He was a businessman. He had to get that ability. To incline your ear unto wisdom means you make a, a, deliberate effort, a deliberate effort to pay attention by discerning. You seek after wisdom. The more you seek after wisdom, the more you'll gain the ability to discern wisdom from foolishness. I'll tell you something this merchant didn't do. This merchant, he didn't go out and invest everything he had in the first pearl that came across his desk. He didn't do that. Know what he did? Hey, he said he paid attention and he discerned good from bad until one day he found a pearl that was worth so much that he sold everything he had just to purchase it. You know, if you turn on, if you turn on the news media, channels like CNN, you're going to hear a lot of foolishness. You're going to hear a lot of foolishness. But when you turn on the TV, and there's a TV preacher of a megachurch on there, it's harder to tell foolishness from wisdom because foolishness can come, to, can come wrapped up in a wisdom package. I've heard some good TV preachers, but I've also, some of the worst heresy I've ever heard in my life was from a TV preacher. 
Just because it's on TV, preacher, just because it's on TV doesn't make it wisdom. Use your discernment. As you grow closer to God, weigh what you hear and don't take things at face value. Number three, the third way you go hard after God is you need to learn to be helpless. You need to learn to be helpless. Uh, the next verse. Yea, if thou criest after knowledge and liftest up thy voice for understanding. Criest and liftest, these are verbs of desperation. We need to call out to him. You see, the reality is, is that if we want to go hard after God, we have to go hard after him in a life of prayer. We have to go hard after him in a life of prayer. God wants the eager person to pray for wisdom in order to obtain it. Since wisdom is godly wisdom, you have to go to God in order to get the wisdom. But you know, anytime you, you bring up, mo, mo, and I say anytime, but most of the time when you bring up the subject of prayer, we always kind of feel inadequate when it comes to our prayer lives. We always kind of feel inadequate. And I think what the problem is, is that we are focusing more on the prayer and not on God. It's kind of like driving a car and you're focusing more on the windshield than you are the road. We have to focus on God in our prayer. If you want to grow in wisdom, you have to go hard after God in a life of prayer. Maybe you're in here today and at the best, and at best you think my prayer life, my prayer life needs, a, needs a little work. And at worst, maybe you think, well, my prayer life is completely missing the mark. Well, you know what? I'm here to tell you today, I've got some good news for you. I've got some good news for you. And here it is. If you know how to worry, and if you know how to be anxious, then you are this close to an amazing prayer life. This close. I used to watch this show. I grew up watching Nick at Night in the 80s, okay? So I, my favorite show was Get Smart. Maxwell Smart, Agent 86 and 99, The Cone of Silence, The Shoe Phone. These millennials don't know what that is. And uh, so, but one thing is he, he'd always throw something or he'd shoot something and he'd be way off and he'd say, missed it by that much, you know? And uh, if, if you, if you, that was a pretty good impression. And so um, if you uh, know how to worry and if you know how to be anxious, then you are this close to an amazing prayer life. Let me explain. Think about it. If you know how to worry and if you know how to be anxious, you know what you've done? You've proven to yourself that you have the capability to sit down and concentrate on one thing at a time. You know what? And if you take that and you turn that into a prayer, you're golden. It's almost like 1 Peter 5, 7 says, casting all your care upon him. If you do that, you'll have an amazing prayer life. Another thing we, we do when we worry is, is we can worry about, we can, do, uh, we can do many things at once. And while we're doing all these different things, we can worry about the same thing the whole time. You ever been there? Have you ever been there before? 
You're going through your day and you're checking things off your list and you're getting done, you're doing different things, but the whole day, the whole time, you're worried about something, you're anxious over something, you're fretting over something, it won't get out of your brain, it won't leave you alone, and the whole day you're thinking about this one thing. That's really close close to prayer. You ever heard the phrase, pray without ceasing? Pray without ceasing. You're one step away from an amazing prayer life. Because if every time you go to worry, if every time you're anxious, every time you have anxiety about something, if you'll take that and turn it into a prayer, well, not only will you be praying the whole day, but eventually you're going to stop worrying. And then you're going to start watching instead. You're going to start watching to see what God is going to do. So every time in your life when you got something on your mind and you're worrying about it the whole day, every time it pops up in your head, instead of worrying about it, instead of being anxious about it, know that's God telling you it's time to pray for it. And then you'll pray without ceasing. The worry will leave and you'll sit back and watch what God will do in your life. Go hard after God in a life of prayer. Number four. The fourth way you go hard after God is you need to search for wisdom. You need to search for wisdom. Verse number four. If thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as for hid treasures. The reader is to seek and search for wisdom. With the same amount of zeal and the same amount of enthusiasm as if you were to search for a bag of silver or or hidden treasures. If you had a bag of silver in your home or you had a gold brick in your home, guess what? Uh, You would turn your house upside down looking for that stuff. I mean, right now our our puppy's little and he gets under couches and stuff and he's little and we don't know where he goes and we'll turn our house upside down looking for a puppy. I'll turn the whole house upside down looking for a gold brick, you know, because I, I would do that with much, much enthusiasm. So... If you, you, and, and you know what? If you, when you read through the book of Proverbs, what you'll find is that in order to search for wisdom, the book of Proverbs says that you do that through wise counsels. You search for wisdom through wise counsels. Guess what? Uh, you can't search for wisdom hanging out by yourself. You can't do it can't search for wisdom hanging out by yourself. you got to go to wise counsels. Guess what? You already know everything that you know. Proverbs eleven fourteen, Where no counsel is, the people fall, but in a multitude of counselors there is safety. Proverbs twelve fifteen, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. Proverbs fifteen thirty one, The ear that heareth the reproof of life abideth among the wise. We grow in wisdom by seeking out wise counselors. If you need counsel, if you need wisdom, you go to a fellow brother or sister in Christ that's been where you are and is like you and has been what you've been through and you like a lot and you go to that brother or sister Christ and you get counsel from them. You get get wisdom from them. And don't go to them just when you got a problem too. Go to them when you need to share praise. That'll be a blessing to them. 
Let me tell you something. Your Christianity is not you marooned on some desert island with Gilligan and the Skipper. Okay? That's not what your Christianity is. Your Christianity depends on other Christians as well. The New Testament takes this a step further. Romans chapter 12 and 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it says we can seek counsel through this thing called the body of Christ. This thing called the body of Christ we can seek wisdom from. And you know, you think about a body, all the parts of the body are different. I have one nose, it is a part of my body. It is the only one, it is unique. I do not have 60 noses on my body. I have one nose on my body. But my, if my nose is itching, uh, my finger can come up and scratch it, even though it's a different part. You know, we're not only, we're, you know, we're all different. We're all different. So not only can I seek counsel through a like-minded Christian, someone who I like a lot, who's, who's, who's similar to me, but we grow, a, we grow in wisdom in being a part of this body of different people and different walks of life, and we're not all the same, and we are, we are all different, but we're growing in this life together. Some of you have been around the block a few times. Some of you, it's your first trip. Some of you have been through some stuff. Some of you haven't. Some of you have been through some different stuff. But we're all in the same body growing together. This is our community. And you know what the difference between a worldly community and the community of the local church is? In the world, they choose their own community. In here... God chooses the community. And then God died for that community in order to give that community peace. You know, in Ephesians and in 1 Corinthians, Paul told the Jews and the Gentiles that they had to be a part of the same body. Now listen, me and you may have our differences. We may have our differences. But our differences pale in comparison to the differences that the Jews and the Gentiles had. In Paul's day and guess what they came together and they grew together as a body because it's our differences that help us grow so this is how we grow in wisdom first we go hard after God we go hard after God we hide his word in us we watch what we hear we learn to be helpless to a life of prayer and then we search for wisdom in the body of Christ so first we go hard after God and here comes statement number two we go hard after God, then God will meet us. We go hard after God, then God will meet us. Look at verse, uh, verse 5. Well, actually, let me say this first. We go, when we go hard after God and, and we, we pursue after him, not thinking that it's going to happen automatically. You know, um, it, you don't grow just by chilling, okay? Then God will meet us, verse 5. Then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God, for the Lord giveth wisdom. Out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walk uprightly. He keepeth the paths of judgment and preserveth the way of the saints. So the, my first sub points under my first point, they're, they're basically spiritual disciplines. You've got reading your Bible. You've got prayer. You've got seeking wise counsel. These are, these are basically spiritual disciplines. And, 
you know, people think of these things almost like working out. They think, okay, I'm going to, I am not in the mood to read my Bible today, but I've got to do it. So I'm going to read my Bible, even though I'm going to hate every second of it, because at least the fact that I'm going through the motions and doing it, at least it'll be a benefit to me. Just the fact that I'm doing it. People think of these things like working out when it's not like working out. When you work out, you, you know, you go to the gym and you work out. Let's say you absolutely hate it, but you make yourself go. And if you work out, just the sheer fact that you're working out, your body is going to change. It can't help but to. Even if you really don't want to do it, you force yourself to do it, your body is going to change. And spirit, these spiritual disciplines, it's really not like working out. It's more like a date. It's more like a date. Me and my wife, our first official date was a hockey game. I didn't care what it was. It could have been a hockey game. It could have been a monster truck rally. I didn't care. I just wanted to spend time with her. I wanted that one-on-one time. I wanted that face-to-face time with her. You see, a date isn't about the date. The date is about the person you're on the date with. And it's that face-to-face time with her that I wanted. You ever go to read your Bible and it feels like a chore? feels like, man, I got to do it. So I might as well do it and get it over with and check it off my list where I can go on about my business and do something else. I've done that several times. Done that a lot. And when that happens to us, you know what we need to do? We need to stop and pray and ask God to change our heart and ask God to put us in a place where we're not just reading the Bible, but we're spending time with him. See, it's not about the date. It's about the person you're on the date with. It's not just about reading the words in this book. It's about spending time with God. And if you pursue God in wisdom, and if you pursue God in the spirit and not in the flesh, God will meet with you. And then you're going to get that face-to-face time that's going to make all the difference, which brings me to my next point. First, we go hard after God. Then God will meet us. Then God will change us. God will change us. Verse number nine. Then shalt thou understand righteousness and judgment and equity. Yea, every good path. When wisdom entereth into thine heart and knowledge is pleasant unto thy soul, discretion shall preserve thee, understanding shall keep thee. So first off, we go hard after God. Then God will meet us and then God changes us. And he's going to change us by giving us some virtues. And these virtues are in verse number, there are four virtues and in, in four things in verse number nine. The first thing it says is righteousness. Okay, he's going to change us by giving us righteousness. What is righteousness? Righteousness is being right. It's being right. It knows and does what is, what is right. It, it, know, it is justice and uprightness. It does what righteousness does, what is acceptable and pleasing to God. You know, sometimes a new or baby Christian will say something or they'll post something on social media. And you've been saved for a long time. You know, that's not right. You know, it's not right that they should do that. But they don't. And you do want to know why? Because you've been saved for so long. You've gotten so close to God that God's wisdom is 
conforming you to the holiness of God. And that's why you know it's, it's not right and they're not there yet. See, righteousness will ensure that your actions and thoughts please God. And if your actions and thoughts please God, then guess what? You can guarantee your actions and thoughts will please man. Number two, judgment. Okay, what is judgment? Judgment is the ability to judge correctly. It's the ability to analyze a matter correctly. It's the ability to come to the correct conclusion about something. Here's some things that judgment will help you do. Judgment will help you talk to something sensitive. You can talk to someone about something sensitive and uh, not offend them. That's judgment. Uh, good Good judgment tells you when to talk and when to shut up. Good judgment uh, tells you when it's time to pick your battles and let, let, let this one go. And then it also tells you when it's time to have a come to Jesus meeting with somebody. Okay, good judgment helps you do that. It gives you good sense and accurate opinions. Next is equity. You get this virtue of equity. What is equity? Equity is knowing what is fair and equal for any situation. It's fairness. It's impartiality. It's what makes other people trust you. No matter the circumstances, they know you're going to treat them right. They know you're going to be fair. You're going to be impartial. That's equity. It also gives you the ability to see when other people or other situations are being unfair. Other people might not pick up on the unfairness, but you pick up on it. So you can help people out of unfair situations. These three virtues are very important in the book of Proverbs. Righteous judgment and equity. In fact, Solomon said these three virtues were the reason why Proverbs was written. Proverbs, let me give you some scripture. Proverbs 1.3. To receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, judgment, and equity. That was the reason why Proverbs was written. I want you to know that these three virtues are in the glorious nature of God. Proverbs 98.9. Before the Lord, uh, uh, for he cometh to judge the earth. With righteousness shall he judge the world and the people with equity. Psalms 99.4. The king's strength also loveth judgment. Thou doth establish equity. Thou executest judgment and righteousness in Jacob. I want you to know that these three virtues are also part of the character of Christ. Isaiah 11.4. But with righteousness shall he judge the poor. Reprove with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth. And with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. And then finally, furthermore, I want to tell you that these three traits are very rare in the world today. Isaiah 59.14. And judgment is turned away backward and justice standeth afar off. For truth is fallen in the street and equity cannot enter. You know, when you compare the righteousness, judgment, and equity of God to the righteousness, judgment, and equity of the world, there is a big, big difference. This world kills over 10 million babies a year by extremely violent means, yet it has funds to save animals from extinction on seven continents. This world, it it prohibits corporal punishment of children, yet it, it incarcerates the resulting criminals for decades in cages like animals. This, 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 this world, it, it, it proclaims to protect and honor women, yet it advertises lavish fashions, promotes casual sex, and protects pornography and prostitution. 
these three, these three virtues are very rare in our world today. But you know what? These three things you get, you get these by seeking after wisdom, by getting that face-to-face time with God. He will change you into these things. But not just these three things, because that's not all that o- that's offered in the verse. It goes on to say, every good path. What is every good path? Every good path is every other virtue and grace that's not mentioned in here. It's love, it's diligence, it's patience, it's kindness, it's humility, it's the whole package. You get it by getting that face-to-face time with God, and God begins to change you. So how do we change? How do we get wisdom to enter into our hearts? Well, the first thing we have to do, step numero uno, is the veil has to be taken away. Let me read for you 2 Corinthians 3, 17 and 18. Now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Liberty is freedom. But we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the spirit of the Lord. We are all born spiritually blind. We are all born spiritually dead. We are separated from God by our sin. We are not spiritually alive and we can't make ourselves spiritually alive. But when we put our faith in Christ, the veil is taken away. And when that veil is taken away, then we can behold his open face and we are made righteous in him. Then we can behold the face of Jesus face to face because the spirit has taken that veil away. And when you make the decision in your life to go hard after Jesus, he changes us. You know what that verse says? It first says it changes us from glory to glory. What does that mean? It means it changes us from different degrees of glory. A mirror reflects the light, pointed at the sun, reflects the light of the sun. The closer that mirror gets to the sun, the more light it reflects. It's being changed from glory to glory to glory. You're being changed. So here's the first question. Have I been unveiled? Has the veil been taken away? Have I come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ? Have I given my sin to Jesus? Am I his child? Because you won't grow if the veil is still there. But once you have that taken care of and the veil is taken away, are you doing everything in your power to put yourself face to face with the Lord? Because if you want to grow in wisdom, that's the only way. There was a king in India that loved to play chess. Loved to play chess. He was always looking for a good person to play chess with. He heard of this sage going through his kingdom. So he sent for the word for this sage, and the sage come to the king, and the king said, I want you to play me in a game of chess. The sage at first didn't want to do it. The king said, I tell you what, I will give you anything you ask for if you win. The sage thought for a second and said, okay, I'll play then. And so the sage began to play the king, and over the course of time and through the game, it come out, the sage won the game. So the king was going to honor the agreement. I will give you anything you want, just name it. So here's what the sage said. He said, I want one grain of rice placed on the first 
square of the chessboard. And then I want it doubled for each square. Well, the king said, oh, this, does, this sounds like a pretty modest request. And so the king, see, commands to go get a bag of rice. On the first chess square, they put one grain. On the second, they put two. On the third, they put four. On the fourth square, they put eight. It was doubled each time, each square. Well, it became very apparent very quickly that this was an impossible request to, to meet. This was impossible. By the time they got to the 21st square, over 1 million grains of rice were needed. By the time they got to the 31st square, there over 1 billion grains of rice would be needed, and there was still over half the chessboard to go. Here's what I'm saying. Little things add up over time. It's important to ask God, for wisdom in every single decision, no matter how small. Because these things over time, they add up. They exponentially go stronger and stronger and stronger. Christian, if we want to grow in wisdom, we're not going to do it just by not doing anything. We have to go hard after God. And if you go hard after God, he will meet you then he'll change you. 